Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. We are blessed to have you with us. And we've said this a lot in this program that in some sense, the measure of Holy Communion is in how we live holy community. And that means what? It means people. It means flesh and blood. Christ took on flesh and blood that we'd experience him and experience him through one another. So tonight we have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. He goes all the way back to what we affectionately refer to as the key house, my days post-college uh, at Franciscan University of Steubenville. I was traveling around the country evangelizing and uh, found myself uh, room and board at a man who converted from probably Presbyterianism, Paul Key, new to the Catholic faith, coming by way of you know Marcus Grodi and Scott Hans Simler. They were friends. And uh, he invited us and his lavish, large Victorian home at Franciscan University of Steubenville, a few of us, to board with him. And they included none other than Dr. Ted Sri, Dr. Tim Gray. And with us tonight, Father, now Father Darren Merlino. How are you doing tonight, Father? I am doing excellent. Thank you very much. So Father is a Claritian, just a quick backdrop, um, and then we're going to get to some fun stuff. And he's going to share with us in particular tonight a brand new book, his first book that he has released, and it is really exciting, 30 Days Unplugged, How a Catholic Priest Turned Off His Phone and Took a Call from God. And I want to get this out there also. Father Darren Merlino, CatholicMediaMissionaries.com. That's where you can find the book. You can find out more about him. I'm just going to read this right from his bio, Father Darren Merlino. CMF. Can any of you out there know what that what those initials are? Father Darren, do you know what those initials are? I mean, it's called Muchas Frecolas, which means to eat more beans. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, I respect... But it means uh, Sons of the Heart of Mary in Latin. Cordis Maria Filii. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So you are a Claritian missionary priest living in L.A. Your ordination was in the year 2000, so 21 years ago. You were the first ever in U.S. history to be broadcast live via the Internet. That would be your ordination. Pretty awesome. Uh, An award-winning high school teacher, Mary Star of the Sea, San Pedro, California, associate pastor and youth minister, and for five years, the highly successful pastor of Sacred Heart Church in Prescott. There's so many other things here that are awesome. Founder of Catholic Media Missionaries. I think uh, uh, what is not on here, and I'm very disappointed, is the best capable of imitating Michael Jackson dance moves. So I have to say this. Uh, Father Darren, can can you still do the moonwalk? What are you, like 90 years old right now? How old are you? I'm 95, and and, um, uh, Michael Jackson would have been older, too, if he'd been around. But, yeah, I can still moonwalk. That's impressive. So the first question Dr. Scott Hunt asked me every time, can you still moonwalk? Oh, that's great. (laughs) So, folks, you have to to picture this, folks, at at, uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville, a very robust, full, rich uh, human experience beyond just academics. Father Darren would meet on the basketball court, uh, I might say a voracious basketball player. I don't remember who your competitor was, Father Darren, but he was a Division I basketball player who, for whatever reason, was cut from his program, maybe for moral things and found himself at 
Franciscan University. You guys would go one-on-one against each other. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you were so good. You'd always get your ankles caught in the rim. Man, you could sky. <laughs> Very impressive. And uh, But then also we'd have these, um, you might call them talent show nights, where you'd have hundreds of kids in the student body, great musicians, and a range of talents being displayed. And uh, the lights would go down, the smoke would come up, and then you'd get a little bit of strobe and do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> and Father Darren would come out, not then Father, and he'd have the white glove. And uh, it was just really <laughs> remarkable, this six foot three, six foot four, depending on the day of the week. Uh, yes. Just Four tons today. of charisma, tons of life. Um, you were a prethe at that time, weren't you, Father Darren? No, I was not. I was actually just a philosophy major, just trying to get it out of the way so I could go to the seminary. Okay. Really awesome. Okay, we're getting it in there. So, Father, when I evoke the hallowed name of the Key House in the days of Steubenville, just uh, what comes to mind? What are prominent memories? I was, you know, uh, it, was, it was the most enjoyable uh, dorm, if you can use that word, experience I've ever had. One of the, uh, Steubenville was absolutely, without a doubt, the most favorite educational experience, period, bar none for me, but also the, probably the most uplifting, mm-hmm. life-changing, life-altering experience besides this 30-day uh, book uh, in my life. And the guys who lived there, you, uh, Ted, uh, Tim, uh, gosh, who else was Greg Meyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just had a lot of guys there. They, Jason Clark. Being, I, I loved every minute of it. I just, the, the, the community life there was awesome. I just, it was, uh, I wish I could live that way every day. It was awesome. You know, I had come back from Medjugorje. Uh, obviously, I graduated from Miami of, um, yeah, Miami of Ohio. I'd worked for Human Life International. Found myself after Medjugorje discerning the priesthood, very feeling very strongly called. And I uh, wanted to experience a vibrant Catholic atmosphere. And I really felt the Holy Spirit guiding me there. The preparation and formation of what it was like to live. And many don't know, truly, what what is it like to live in a vibrant Catholic community. And God sent me there prior to then going to live with Father Benedict Rochelle and Human Life International. But anyways, because I was so focused on the priesthood and discernment, if you recall, Ted Street threw me a party when I discerned finally to leave the campus after evangelizing and to go live with Father Benedict Rochelle. And we had a little bit of a gathering of graduate students, Tim, Ted, a bunch of people. I don't know if you were there, but Ted, who is quite a musician also, we know him internationally as a speaker, author, etc., but also quite a musician, family man, of course. Do you remember what song he serenaded me to? He changed the words to a popular song. Do you remember? You know why I don't remember? Because he took my bedroom when I left. How dare oh. he? <laughs> yeah, it's very That's funny. Because I tell everybody, I, I met Ted Suri when he came and visited. And then, uh, you know, Tim was, Tim, Dr. Tim Gray was living there as just a regular old you know, master student. And so... Uh, I, when I was leaving, they, they gave him my room. That's why I, I knew Ted, <laughs> but I didn't know Ted. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll uh, break the suspense. So he's saying, should I stay or should I go? Uh, oh, in great. honor of me and my discernment, you know, am I called to marriage or priesthood and finally decided to go and they serenaded me. And just a cute little note here. I had, uh, you know, range of my conservative clothes, suits and everything. And since I was going to go live with Father Benedict Rochelle, I gave away all my clothes. And it just so happened that Tim, Tim and Ted, their sizes both pretty closely fit fit me. And so I guess they they uh, were blessed by Greg Schleter clothes walking around campus as well as others. Anyways, um, so, f- yeah, yeah. So, so Father Darren, 
delighted that you're with us. And uh, in this season, it's a difficult season for our listeners right now. Many are struggling with the tumult of the past years, a lot of confusion, um, obviously pining for Christ at the depths of our being, wanting the Eucharist, a lot of confusion with things. We had the uh, priestly scandal stuff. So the clouds of all of that, I do think in a particular way, uh, we're going to get to it down the road, your book, but your life experience and the book, which punctuates a lot of that, really gives great testimony for our listeners right now to be attuned and to ask, you know, Lord, you know, what do you want me to hear tonight? And I do pray tonight, brothers and sisters, those of you who are listening, know that you're here for a reason. You're listening for a reason. Uh, the story that Father Darren's going to share with us, there's something in there personally meant for you. You listeners know that here on Ignite Radio Live, we love to proclaim revolution. Re- revolution. We Indeed. want a revolution. <laughs> Get do. rid of the masks. No, listeners... Um, you know, here on Ignite Radio Live, we love to proclaim the scripture of Revelation twelve eleven. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, our holy mass, and by the word of their testimony. And so that falls on us, just the impact and the grace that the Lord allows to flow through when we share our story. So Father Darren, give us a little bit more background on your growing up, how you came to know the Lord, where he led you to where you're at right now. All right. So I was talking about you need a 30 second, a two minute and a five minute autobiography of yourself. (laughs) We can take the five. You can do five. five. Okay. Five plus. I was born, I'm actually a uh, end of the road baby boomer. I was born in December of 64, the 29th. So I'm like three days hmm. away of not being a baby boomer. Wow. To be Gen Xer. So, but the problem is I grew up in a Gen X world, mm-hmm. uh, being a late, literally a late bloomer. <laughs> <I'm> a boomer. <laughs> and so I lived in Santa Barbara as a child, but I was born and raised in Our Lady's hometown called Santa Maria, mm-hmm. uh, California. And I was born there and I lived in Lompoc, Santa Barbara as a child. Up until the year my father died in the year 1976, he was only 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, my mom started dating a man whose last name I have now, um, uh, Don Merlino. But um, my birth last name, believe it or not, was Darren Anthony Kachopo, C-A-C-I-O-P-P-O. Very so, Polish. Very Polish. <laughs> uh, and and if I had been named after my grandfather Vito, my literally my name would have been Vito Antonio Cachopo. Come on, uh, you gotta you gotta deliver that with more Godfather esque uh, <laughs> accent. Come on, bring it. Great memories. Oh my gosh. I, I gotta find that video somewhere. <laughs> Just so, as a note, uh, since you, uh, I'll give you that quick break, folks. Uh, Darren was in the the mass media arena, also at Franciscan University of Steubenville, with some very good friends. They would make their way to the recording studios, and there was a lot of fun in just yeah. off the cuff. Uh, scripting characterizations of things, and I think one of their favorite were sort of like Godfather esque characters. So yeah. just to clue you in on the inside story there. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so. So uh, my brother and I, David and I, um, we my mom remarried and we moved to Huntington Beach, California, which is technically where I'm staying at the moment um, with my mom. So unfortunately, my stepdad died five years ago uh, mm. in uh, April, but uh, he brought us in. We changed our last names to Merlino, and that part is, has, has been history since I was 13 years old a couple of years ago. And <laughs> um, we, uh, I would say that um, I, I never, I didn't grow up Catholic. Um, I was baptized Catholic uh, during those years in Santa Barbara, 
Um, my dad was my, my dad was a Christian Science uh, follower. We were mm. Christian Science for a few years, and the reason for that was he was a very sick man from his, from his diabetes. And mm. I understand I understand his desperateness. It was the seventies, so I get right, all that. Right. So I don't blame him for that. Um, but we just weren't raised Catholic. He didn't go to Catholic school. Didn't go to Catholic church hardly at all. And then he, he passed away. We kind of like unceremoniously we just kind of went back to mm. church. And you know, no huge, you know, you know, Damascus road to Damascus stuff. Just kind of went back, and then um, when we when we moved to Santa Huntington Beach, we just found a church, and I made my first communion when I was 13 years old, confirmed wow. when I was 15. So, wow. yeah, it's, yeah, it's really. I mean, in fact, it's it's in my book, uh, my my first communion experience, which I think people find very interesting because it's a very unique way of receiving first communion. Um, but uh, then, uh, but I'd probably say back in '87, uh, I got the call January 6th to be a priest on the weird feast day of the Epiphany, January 6th. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Talk about the Lord having like, okay, Darren's a little bit on the slow side. We really want him to be a priest, but he's not getting it at all. <laughs> so so yeah, but I mean, but you know, I grew up in a in, in Huntington Beach was probably where my my Catholicism thrived, of course, because it's it was new to me. I didn't. Even, I didn't rebel against the Catholic Church because I didn't know anything about it. So I couldn't rebel against something I didn't know and didn't grow up with. So I wasn't an altar boy. I'm the 15% guy who didn't go to Catholic school, wasn't raised Catholic, and wasn't an altar boy. So I'm like 15% who became a priest in spite of all. Of it. Tell us a little about year. that. You can take a moment. How did you discover your priesthood? Just give us some insights to your discernment process. Okay, I'll give you a two, the two-minute version of that. So. Um, in Jan- uh, it was April 29th, 1986. I walked into my kitchen, which is a holy, the holy sanctuary of any Italian household. <laughs> Absolutely. Manja, manja. Like, Manjare. Okay, so I walk into the kitchen at about 1030 at night. I'm probably coming back from a youth group or something, like young, young adult group or something, or a DJ in a party or something like that. And I walk into the kitchen, and in the backyard, I look and I see a very opaque, uh, ghostly figure of Jesus in my backyard. With his hands and palms facing down, like behind, below his waist, and I'm going, I've never seen. I mean, it's got to be the moon. The way it just kind of hit in the plants. It's a full moon tonight. Interesting. And so, so I'm like, oh, that's got to be what it is. Uh, so I walk out, come back in, I close my eyes, and do, you know, make sure. And I, sure enough, I felt like goosebumps come on, mm. upon me. I'm like, oh, this is really weird. So I woke up my mom. She said she didn't see it. I saw it. But so we started praying in the kitchen every once in a while at night. So that went on for a good, hmm. well, from April until January '87, so almost um, eight months. Wow! I'd go in ver- various times, and we would just have conversations and in prayer. And <clears throat> at that time, I probably um, was a little bit uh, naive in how the spiritual life worked. Uh, I didn't know about spiritual directors. I mean, I mean, I'm seriously. I felt like I was Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles was showing me how to get home. <laughs> it was just really um, great analogy. I, I really didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Thank you folks. I'll be here all day. (laughs) Don't forget to tip your waitress. Um, So I, I, so one night uh, I I was going to my video school at the time. I was learning, I was going to do video production uh, in in the the Hollywood area. That's my goal. That was my goal. Uh, And I knew that I needed to learn how to do it and how to troubleshoot machines. And so I went to a technical school to do that. And, in the middle of that, I finished that school in like in December of 85. And we all know how great of a, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, I started in 85. I finished in December of 86. So December of 86 comes, January 6th of 87 comes. And, you know, I've been praying and 
to be honest with you, it still wasn't really that open, but I, you know, I, I guess I, I didn't know if I was open or not for the priesthood. It wasn't even on my radar. And mm. my mom blurts out out of the blue. She says, you know, I think the Lord's calling you to be a priest. Mm. And I just, the, the flooding of the Holy Spirit was ridiculous. Mm. That's I, awesome. To the point where I, I mean, to the point where I, I actually suffocated. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've never, what's going on here? Wow. And so, and I was like going, wow. I, I was like, that's what I said. So I, like, ah. I, and I immediately said, yes, I would do it. Uh, and so I, I'm like, where the heck did that come from? Mm. And so I, because I wasn't open at the time. So it was just really weird. I just said yes to it. And then it took about a year and eight months later to, to enter a religious community by then because it was, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I asked a, this, my, my priest at the church, what do I do? And he said, we well, have to go to college. I go, why? Because you just have to. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to college. You know, I mean, like I said, I was really, I mean, I just really, <laughs> thanks a lot easier now because you got smarter people telling you what to do. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And, they just have, and so, um, but I, you know, what's funny, here's what happened. And this is the reason why I know Greg uh, is because of this. So, um, and this is very important to understand. Uh, in 1987, a place called Medjugorje becoming, became a huge deal mm-hmm. in 87. I mean, it was making huge, I even, I even, so I plan on going in July of 87. Well, I was looking at the Miracle of the Sun, probably, at the meantime, before July of 87, I had already applied to Long Beach State, because the, the priest said, you got to get a high school, a college education, so I did. And so uh, I was a practical pragmatist, I guess you'd say. So I go to, it's, it's July 25th, 1987, and if anybody who knows anything about Medjugorje knows that the church's name is St. James, it's the feast day of St. James, mm-hmm. so it's a big deal, big day. We probably, that's a Saturday at the time, and I had been there from like that previous Sunday. So it's been there for almost a week, seeing the miracle of the sun for hours, looking at the sun wow. change color, seeing the Eucharist, seeing the cross. Just I even got to be inside the apparition room. That's I amazing. Videotaped. Yeah. And so I think it was like two out of the four or six or four out of the six were there at the time. And I was I got to go in, did, obviously didn't see anything miracle-wise. I even videotaped the miracle of the sun. I actually have the miracle of the sun on my on video where you see it strobe light super fast during the Angelus. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had it all. So I mean, it, so on July 25th, 8-something p.m., in the background, I'm talking to some kids from Washington State. I hear somebody go, oh, look, the miracle of the sun. So I look at the sun, I don't know, 10, maybe 15 seconds, and then I didn't say anything. I said, oh, okay, sunset, move on. Well, in the meantime, you know when you look at the sun, you see those dots on your eyes that mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. go, go away? Uh, mine wasn't going away. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm like going, Oh no! Oh no! I hope I didn't do what <laughs> uh, I thought I just did. Yeah. I mean, I just spent. I, I mean, I just spent hours looking at the sun yeah. for the whole week, and nothing happened. So I'm like, going, So why would I think anything differently? So about 10, 15 seconds, looked away. Well, anyway, long story short, I actually burnt the focal points on my retinas on my wow. eyes. And so the doctor gave me good and bad news. He goes, "Well, I, I saw him that Wednesday when we got back. He goes, good news is it won't spread. Bad news is it's permanently, permanently burnt." You can't, your focal points are completely shot. You can't see small print. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to focus on small stuff. And guess what? That's what, that's why when I went to school for the first day at Long Beach State, I dropped out. I've never dropped out of anything. I just was so mm-hmm. nervous. I didn't feel at peace. Right. And, it had, and had I not done that, I never would have gone to Steubenville to finish up my philosophy degree. And, uh, and that's how I ended up uh, at Franciscan because I still needed a college degree to go into seminary. So. Had I gone to had I gone to Long Beach State, I never would have gone to Franciscan ever. It would not have been on the cards. It would have been part of the. Right. I would have just gone straight into the seminary, and so um, 
that was devastating <clears throat> when I had that happen to me. Uh, I even had one diocese say, we won't take you because of your eyes. I had uh, the, wow. the religious order that I was... I one religious sort of say, well, we have to make sure the doctor says it's okay for you to study. I didn't know how I was going to be able to study because I didn't. I had I learned how to read with my peripheral vision. Um, wow. Seeing street signs, street signs were impossible. I always got lost before GPS because I drive by streets. Oh, there it was. I had to make a U-turn. Wow. I would do that all. I was so frustrated, and I could never see street signs because it was just the size of my blindness. And so, uh, the Lord, for whatever reason, blessed me with such with, with such a cross. Uh, that mm -hmm. I I felt that peace about it, but I just was not very happy with it. But at least I could still drive. I could still study. I found out later. But, you know, there's a lot of things that the Lord had done for me to get me where I'm at. Um, I learned about Steubenville in my previous seminary um, uh, from one of my formators, told me about Steubenville and had never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. That's how I found out about it. Um, so that's like, that's, that's my, uh, that was my long version. That's my non reader digest version. That's great. Oh, that's thanks. great. Folks you are tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Very blessed to have Father Darren Merlino. You can find out his work in his brand new book at Catholic Media Missionaries. He's sharing with us just our kind of a common beloved background. Uh, intersection was at Franciscan University of Steubenville and, uh, just his journey up to the point of, uh, of embracing, if you will, call to the priesthood. So, Father, of all the religious orders, why the Claritians? Well, that's funny. Um, when, when, when I was with my previous religious order, uh, my spiritual director was a Claritian, or is a Claritian, still alive. And so, um, Father, and ready for this, his name is Father Robert, but his last name is Bishop, so we called him uh -huh. Father uh, Bishop. <laughs> that's great. So his name was Father Bishop, and so I told him if he ever became Bishop, he'd be called Bishop Squared. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Be squared. And yeah. So, so Father Robert uh, Bishop goes. Uh, um, I left my previous order, and uh, he's remained my spiritual director here in Huntington Beach, LA area. And um, I would say from about February of '91, which is 30 years ago this month, to uh, probably October or November of that same year, which, to be honest with you, emotionally the worst year of my life. Mm. Because they asked me to leave, and they, I and I thought I was going to make it, and I just didn't. At this, they were, they were very monastic and contemplative, and uh, my personality is I love. <laughs> I believe it or not, I love. You're a little introverted. I'm, yeah, I'm very introverted, and <laughs> but that was the the funny part is I love the quiet. What I did, but the problem was the the lack of freedom in the in that that life mm -hmm. to do what the God wanted me to do. So mm -hmm. fast forward, he says, "Hey, uh, why don't you look at us?" I go, uh, and well, here's the funny part. So when I was with this, uh, when, during the in 88, 89, and 90, uh, on October 24th, you know, our order would do the, the Office of Readings in the morning, uh, and St. Anthony and Mary Claret's feast day would be October 24th. And I remember every time he read the second reading, which is a, an excerpt from the saint itself, St. Anthony's really stirred my soul. Mm. And I didn't know who I didn't know who this guy was. I, mean, I really like what this guy says. He's on fire for the love of God. He wants to change the world. I love this guy. What are you saying? And so I just loved. I absolutely still think it's my it's my favorite second reading of all the breviary of the whole year. Mm. It's still my favorite. That's beautiful. And so, yeah, it just really moved my soul. So I didn't know anything. I, I just kind of just it moved my soul. Next day, you know, next hour, you know, move on, right? Uh, so um, when he said, he goes, oh, you're one of these guys. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, when he asked me to, to look at, to, to talk to their vocation director, he goes, I go, well, tell me about you guys. And so this is what he said. He goes, well, you know, we're 
we, we like to evangelize. We like to use all means necessary. So if you like to do media ministry, you know, back then it was called communications. Right, right. Communication right. Degrees. You want to be a communications person, you can do that. You wow. Can, you know, use TV. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I mean, so the Lord really wants me to use, you know, my my entertainment uh, uh, abilities to, for, the, for the church. That would be really kind of cool. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And so I applied to the clericians that way. And, and be honest with you, I, I applied, got accepted. And then I also was given a choice to go to uh, Cal State Dominguez, a local uh, L.A. college here, or go on my own. So I applied to Franciscan. I applied to Christendom and Thomas Aquinas and Thomas Aquinas College in California. They said, oh, we'll get you out in three years. I go, oh, no, I ain't going to spend 20 grand a year for three years. <laughs> right. no, that ain't happening. And so Steubenville got me in and out for one year, and they were the easiest way. I was planning on going to Christendom. I really wanted to go there because mm. I wanted to play college basketball. That was that. They kind of cool to say I play college basketball, but uh, that didn't. But God really wanted me at Franciscan, and that was really they ended up being an amazing thing. So the Claritians are uh, servants of the word, um, and so our uh, Saint Anthony Claret, without a doubt, was the greatest media priest, a bishop in the history of the church at hmm. the time. In fact, probably he, uh, literally, I can honestly say with, without even worrying about going to purgatory longer, he was the very. <laughs> He was literally the first media uh, bishop priest ever in the history of the church. He's got the most catechisms written, the most books written at the time. He would literally send his his homilies and his booklets and his catechisms ahead of time when he preached during his missions because he knew that people wouldn't remember what he said, but if he printed it up, they, it basically he, he wrote his, his homily text into a book form, booklets, and sent them ahead of time. So he'd hand those out to all the all the people who were listening to his missions preach. Awesome. And we were and we were we pre we preached missions at parishes. That's what we used to do, and just working parishes was. So that's why I go that. And so I so here's the funny part. I joined the Claritians. I'm already in. It's it's the fall of '93. I've already finished Steubenville, and. Then I read his autobiography, and they kept telling me to read it. I go, yeah, I'll read it, I'll read it, I'll read it. I already know <laughs> enough that, that – and after I – here's the funny part. I, after I read his autobiography, after being accepted, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to be able to stay because I love what he writes and his mm. autobiography. It's something that even like Greg, who's really into evangelizing, if you, when you read his autobiography and you hear it and you see his creativity in evangelization even back in the 1880s and – I mean 1860s and 50s and 40s and – 70s and all that kind of stuff you're like oh my gosh this guy was so ahead of his time mm -hmm. he decided he would he actually he had this weird idea of laity working with priests and and religious in evangelization i mean mm. talk about yeah. forward thinking i was so forward thinking right. do you have a third order no let's get it going father we got we got to well, talk I, off uh offline here there's got to be yes. some lay connectivity. I, I'm hearing you speaking a couple of things I got to punctuate. One is your joy, your delight, your authenticity. You know, I know you as a red-blooded American male in uh, in all that that means and attuned to God's will and his purpose in your life. Obviously, the media, the gifts that that's important. And I'm repeating these things from the for the benefit of any of you young people out there who are listening and rightly saying, you know, you know, how am I going to find meaning and purpose in life? And for starters, it's only going to be through the God who made you. And many of you have disregarded perhaps priesthood or religious life as a possibility. I can tell you, Darren gives, Father Darren gives phenomenal witness to the robust life that God calls us to. And if some of you like media, you know, you're used to social media, particularly the last 10, 15 years, and you want to use that for the kingdom, you want to, you know, touch hearts for the kingdom and the fullness of the faith, you want a community that does that, you know, I'm going to encourage you again, check out Catholic Media Missionaries. 
Faith.com. You can find Father Darren Merlino. And again, we're going to get to his book in a second here, 30 Days Unplugged. But Father, we'd miss the opportunity here with the captive audience if I didn't ask you to identify one or maybe two key things, advice that you would give to young people right now in college yeah. or high school discerning their vocation. And you can go more than two. I'm just, you know, you're, you're an overachiever, no, I, but let's say one or two. Yeah. Yes. Here's the, here's the thing. I'm giving you five, my first five years of advice in two minutes because had, again, Stevie Wonder here, uh, <laughs> not, very frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset that I have, to, I have to explain it to you this way, but here's what happened. So my, my suggestion is you need to know who you are, period, end of story. Do not sacrifice any part of your personality, hmm. any part of your talents, so none of that. If you do any of that, I will, I will slap you silly because that is not – yeah. I used to hear guys, oh, I got to get rid of, I got to uh, sacrifice uh, my will to uh, to do God's will. I go, no, 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 you're not sacrificing your will. You're 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 aligning your will with His, which makes you brings you more peace. But second of all, you really you have to take take Teresa of Avila's words seriously. Know thyself mm-hmm. to be a saint. You have to know yourself. And that's why the Ignatius exercises were so important, because. Um, I might agree with all their theology, but I sure love their discernment process. Mm-hmm. The discernment process is the best in the, in the business. But you have to know yourself. Second is if you're going to be a priest, you got to figure out, do I want to work in a parish the rest of my life or do I want to have flexibility and do a bunch of different things in my life? If it's going to be parish life for the rest of your life, every single day, dealing with flowers and, and, and annoying parishioners and asking you dumb questions like where to put the candles, if that's what you want to do and you want to – then you have to, and I tell you, I'll say it that way, and the guy's like, yeah, I want to do that. So, Good, and that's what you do. You go to your diocese and you discern it. Uh, but if you want variety, you think you have a, a different type of spirituality, you have to look at your personality, what your what gifts you want to use, and you find a religious order that uses those gifts and talents, which is what I was trying to do when I first started in my first religious order because in, in the brochure it said open to other things. So I thought, you know, being a communications person, it would be open to it. And then we found out later that was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, guess what? After 30 years and knowing these guys really, really well, they're like some of my best friends. It's true. They're not mm-hmm. open to it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to speak your unspoken words, of course. You and I know beloved priests who are, as they say, secular diocesan priests making yes. huge differences in their parishes Massive. and all of that sort of thing. You're, you're, you're speaking, obviously, of the day-to-day demands of that particular calling that one should really be attentive to, which is yes. very noble and sacrificial in all those sorts of ways. So as my brother, I got to fill that out a little bit for any of our beloved priests who may be listening and others who may be discerning uh, yeah. diocesan. I was, I was a pastor. I was a pastor for you get five it. years. And... Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I love the opportunity to change a culture at a parish. Mm. It was really, it was really good. Um, but I always knew I just, that wasn't my calling. And that's why you really have to know yourself. Like I knew that parish life wasn't for me. And my, my, some of my, my some of my best friend priests are diocese priests and talk about being on the front lines, dude, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. especially with COVID right now. Yeah. It's been crazy. Uh, these guys have been, uh, my heart's been going out to Yeah, them. absolutely. So I just have to ask, because I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering the question, has your eyesight um, worsened at all? Or No, he was right. He just, okay. I mean, just getting older because I have to use readers now. But other than that, um, nope, just they didn't spread. It just, it's just stayed there. The I didn't see the picture of it. Oh. Yeah, it just stayed the same. I'm so happy about that. Right. I'm glad right. it. I'm so happy it didn't spread. He was, um, 
Yes. And you yeah. remained such a formidable basketball player in the Steubenville days. So, man, I, we yes. didn't even know that. You didn't even call your handicap and you're doing that well, which is great. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure, obviously, it is a cross, but also what a beautiful reminder of God's providence and his leading and his faithfulness. Hey, yes. Father, do you remember uh, we called her Sister Michael Jordan? <laughs> I don't know if you were yes. around. It's... I think her name was Sister Timothy, right? Sister Timothy Michael Possibly. Jordan, yeah. You paint the portrait of this wonderful lady at Franciscan. Uh, so we would play basketball outside, <laughs> and she would we give we we pass the ball to her, and she'd just take these two pointers and three pointers, and sometimes make them. And, but she just had a great form, and she I was like I I, I personally I didn't want to guard her. You know, <laughs> I, I, I I know full habit. I, yeah, full habit. Rosary yeah. swinging around. Yeah, I just didn't want to hurt because I you know how I play. I play very. You're again, a beast. Very, I'm a beast, and. They call me. They don't call me Father Savage for a reason. Indeed, uh, that, that was my nickname on the basketball court at my youth group. Yeah, uh, and that's another story. No but, mercy. Um, no mercy. That's, that's exactly what I say. There's no mercy in, in in the game. Only on the confessional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she for our, for our listeners also. Yeah. She had, uh, I believe, an NCAA. She played on some NCAA team. Found her vocation. Very yeah. beautiful. And just what a great testimony. I, she, I believe she yeah. was a Nashville Dominican. Maybe a sister I for life. You're no, I think she's yeah, a Nashville Dominican. But again, for young ladies um, who who have a range of gifts and call, how God edifies edifies that range of gifts and weaves them into, as you use the word, marvelously alignment with His purpose, with that ultimate fulfillment. And she, in that particular example, it was just endearing, amusing, uh, and just wonderful. So I'm yes, sure there's sure. so much more that we could talk about. But yes. let's let's uh, jump ahead before we keep saying this, before we get to the book. Um, yeah. But just give us a little background on Catholic Media Missionaries. How did that start? You're a co-founder. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about and, that. Wait, okay, and did Joseph Cinemato, did he pay for that last name? Come on. <laughs> really? I, Cinemato I, is his last name. I, I, Wait, I cannot confirm or deny that that remark, but what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. I, 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 you're smarter than me, Greg. I fell for it. Uh, I don't know. Gosh. I don't I, know. I totally fell for it. I go, I go, Joseph, I go, man, your name is Destiny. Like, what is it? He goes, well, I have to tell you, I, I, I changed my name. His last name was Chavez or something like that. Really cool. That's very funny. But, uh, Anyways. But, uh, so, uh and this goes into the book. So can we if yes. I tell you about Catholic Media Mission? We can go right into yep, the book. Yep, flow so right let's from do there. That. Just let me punctuate for our audience. Folks, blessed to have Father Darren Merlino with us, a wonderful, godly priest, friend back Steubenville days. He recently completed a book, 30 Days Unplugged, How a Priest, Catholic Priest, Turned Off His iPhone and Took a Call from God. So, Father Darren, set this up for us. Tell us about your new book. So... January of 18, we're on retreat in California. It was really cold that day. It was 45, 50 degrees. It was awful here in California. Oh, please. I mean, I think I had a, <laughs> we all I had feel so sweater. sad. <laughs> we, I had to wear a sweater that day. It was, that's how bad it was. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. So my provincial asked me, okay, Woody, we're, we're giving you permission to leave your parish because I was, you know, I was leaving Sacred Heart in Prescott, Arizona. I already, I already got the three, getting the $3.2 million and moving forward on the remodel. Had all the contracts basically signed and moving forward. And so he asked me what I want to do. I go, well, you know what? I'm, I really feel that I need to do a 30-day silent retreat to find out how God wants me to do this media ministry. That's awesome. Uh, I've, been, I've been talking about it forever. I mean, And, uh, and I, I didn't do well the first time. I made a lot of mistakes. And I'm a kind of guy who makes a lot of mistakes on purpose to learn. Uh, that's how I learn. And so it's a great says, insight. You know he goes, okay, uh, go ahead. So I looked into places and I asked the Jesuit who was doing our retreat then, 
um, I said, hey, where's a good place to do a retreat? I go, I want it dry. I want it warm. I don't want I don't want to deal with humidity. I don't want to go to to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, don't, I want to <laughs> I want to go to a place. He goes, well, you got to go to Sedalia, Colorado. Uh, it's it's dry. It's a lot of land. You can walk for hours. You it'd be a perfect place. Well, I took his advice. Told my provincial. He said, okay. So I tell the spiritual director um, there, uh, I want to discern how God wants me to go. And I had four choices to make. And I and I, the reason why I can't tell you, I can just tell you the ideas because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or mm-hmm. talk bad about anything. So um, I, I, I find a place today, Colorado. I, I, I apply, they accept me, and um, I go. And, and one of the things I learned on this retreat is that once you know your desires and 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 passions, that's how God speaks to us mm. in learning our will and doing his will. So you, you probably implicitly have done that, Greg and Stephanie, but uh, or you knew about it. I didn't know anything about this stuff. So, mm. I was again, that was another Stevie Wonder moment. Um, <laughs> and so uh, – I, I also knew that uh, if I spent the 30 days in silence, the Lord would speak to me. So I go on the 30-day retreat, and I would say about three-quarters way into it, and you'll see it in my book. I talk about – I go, something's – something's uh, – these are insights and these imagery and his experiences. I go, something tells me these are very unique. These are not normal insights. Hmm. I, I just I just had this sense. I go, something's not right here in, in a good sense. I go, something. So I asked my spiritual director, I go, hey, do Jesuits write about their 30-day retreat? He goes, oh, yeah, Jesuits do it all the time. Mm. I go, I go, should I write about my 30 days? Because I was just writing in my journal. I had mm-hmm. no intention of making it public. He goes, yes, absolutely. You should definitely write it. And so I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah, definitely. You have the most incredible imagination I've ever seen in any human being <laughs> in my life. Your imagination is off the charts. I go, oh, oh, okay. I, okay. I didn't know because I don't hear people's uh, experiences mm-hmm. eight hours a day, 350 days a year. This guy, that's all he does is mm-hmm. hear people's experiences on Ignatius. I mean, they do the big boy stuff. Wow. When I was there, they nobody talked to anybody. Wow. It was silent. And we had 50 real people deal. in the room and the real deal. And I said, and they said, you can sit and eat your food looking outside. You can sit over here. You can go over there. doesn't matter. We don't, we want you, we want you to, they fully break and nobody talked to anybody. I loved it. No Michael Jackson so, going on there. Oh no. I, when I say I unplugged, I pretty much unplugged the, the 30 days. So can I pause you for um, a second? Just that whole sure. idea, just start there for listeners okay. to unplug, yeah. like to detach from this thing that is is digitally woven into our being and our fabric and kicking out yeah. dopamine hits and rewiring our brain and the way we think of things and you know mm-hmm. creating our emotional lives and and all of that sort of I mean just that alone must have been a challenge you know for you know I really was looking forward to it I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to just shutting down mm-hmm. so I jokingly awesome. tell in my book I go well what does a a baby boomer tell the generation uh, millennials and Gen Z people where I'm going. So I just I went on my Facebook, I went on my Twitter. It says, "Okay, guys, I'm going on a silent retreat. I'm turning off everything. I'll see you in a month. Bye." Click. Turn off. <laughs> <laughs> you just say it. Yeah. Uh, that's how I had to do it. There's mm-hmm. no other way of doing it because people would think that they because they would actually think you died or something. Like right. what happened to this guy? Right. And then, then I only had Twitter and Facebook. Now I have 
you know, Instagram is now the new thing. But uh, so I did that. And you know what's really weird? Uh, I brought my computer with me because I didn't know if I was going to type. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to type my journal or just write it out. So I brought both just in case. Because um, And then I also, because I was still pastor, I was uh, up until that point, and we were right in the middle of our remodel. And um, I had to, just in case there was an emergency, mm-hmm. uh, have to send a document or something like that because I had to be also practical mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I just, it was one of those just in cases, if you really need to get a hold of me, here's the phone number of the, of the retreat center. They'll give me a message and then I'll respond back to you. That's what I told people. Like, here's the place I'm staying at just in case there was an emergency. Mm-hmm. So that's, so I mean, plugging, unplugging, having in complete silence, my imagination went off the charts. <laughs> it was so ridiculous what my imagination was given permission to do mm-hmm. uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, and there, there are some meditations in there. It's like, I honestly do not know where that came from. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and I, and I even write it in my book, like, wow, how did I, where did that come from? <laughs> right. That's awesome. Uh, one of my meditations is, uh, yeah, it's called the G more. And when you see the book, when you get the book, you got to read it's it. It's very cool it's looking, by the way. Just to buy the cover would be very cool. Obviously, it's a great book. But um, you can, you probably can't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is very cool. I'm I would sorry. Say in, in this case, you're right. You can judge a book by this cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the, the artwork you see on that cover is just as, is an onion level, a skin level of what is actually in the book. Uh, and, and the funny thing is the, the, the text itself didn't need the artwork. It's just the artwork is like, well, you know, we have this chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. We're going to put some hot fudge on it, too. So <laughs> so, uh, so I have to tell you this part. So we, now uh, I go on the retreat, and at the very end of the retreat, I go, okay, uh, Father Fam, he's, on my, he's one of my blurb writers on the back cover. And I said, seriously, should I really write this book? Come on. Don't, don't BS me. That's Barbara Streisand, by the way. Yes, don't yes. BS me. I said, come on, seriously, should I write it? He goes, absolutely. And that's when he told me you have an incredible imagination. I was like, Oh, oh, okay. And so I tell everybody that I go, I, that was, now mind you, that's July of 18. It took a year, nine months, and COVID to actually convict me to write the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever it takes. So we have so you to blame you yeah, for COVID. Yeah, we have you to thank Thanks, for COVID. Thanks, Father. Yeah. We'll be directing think, everybody well, your way. Uh, yeah, please do. I, I live at I live 1600, uh, uh, what's it, Pennsylvania Avenue? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, uh, so I write the book. So I told, I talked to Joseph Cinemato and I go, look, Joseph, we can't shoot our TV show. It's another conversation. We can't shoot our TV show, Hound of Heaven. We can't really raise money during this environment. It would be kind of, it would be kind of uncool to ask people for money when we don't know where the money's going to be going because of the economic shutdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to write this book. So I wrote the first month from March until April, end of April of, 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 the, of COVID. I just wrote the book. And so let me go back. Let me go back now. So I get back from my retreat. I have a conversation with my provincial. I tell my provincial, these are the four choices you gave me. Two were yours, and this is one was working in L.A. And one was working in the Santa Barbara region with with, a, with another uh, media company. And the Holy Spirit said, L.A. or this media company, but Chicago and Fresno were out of. They were Claritian places. I said the Lord does not want me to go there. I can't tell you why. Mm. I just know that the Lord doesn't want me to be there. So I, I'll tell you why I wanted to do L.A. <clears throat> Because I know everybody in LA. Everybody knows me in LA. I have st- <laughs> I've 
thousands of connections here. It's the media capital of the world. If I want to do the best of the best and have a great team and put people together, this is where I have to live. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know what? Uh, as much as I really need you over here, I'm going to bite the bullet and take one for the team and leave you here mm -hmm. and let you do this media ministry here. So I said, I need to have a team. I need to have people work with me. I got to get the best of the best. I got to work with these people. And I didn't know who they were. So I talked to this guy named, um, a guy from Santiago Studios, uh, Mark McElrath, and I said, hey, do you know a guy who could, who could do video production? He goes, yeah, Joseph Cinemato's your guy. That's your guy, hmm. Joseph Cinemato. I go, uh, okay. So I call up Joseph. It was, uh, it was January of 19. I said, hey, uh, can you shoot my TV show for me? Uh, I'm going to be doing an interview show. I'm going to interview uh, Chuck Consulman and Carrie Solomon, the guys who wrote the movie and directed the movie Unplanned, and God's Not Dead 1 and 2. They're very good friends of mine. They're going to be my pilot episode of this TV show called The Hound of Heaven. <clears throat> uh, can, you, can we meet? So we, we have coffee. And it was, a, it was an afternoon coffee. So it went one hour, mm. two hours, three hours. That's awesome. Four hours. Wow. Five hours. I go, I got to go. He goes, oh, my gosh, I got to go, too. My fiance is going to be very upset that we spent five hours having a coffee. <clears throat> and talk. We just hit it off really well. Like, we, we have the same dreams, the same hopes. Mm. He's, he's definitely an older millennial. Um, and I'm a young boomer. So we're about 20-some-odd years apart. And I was kind of jealous, like, gosh, darn, I wish I would have had something like this in my like, earlier years, probably things would have been. But anyways, God's got his, got his way, reasons. So and we, it's freaky how we think alike. We have the same mentality on so much stuff. But he knows production really well. He's worked in Hollywood. He's won 10, uh, you see it on our website, 10 tellies, which is the equivalent of uh, the Oscar for uh, television commercials mm -hmm. in Hollywood, which is which is the industry standard. So mm -hmm. to say you're a telly winner in Hollywood means that you know what you're doing. Right. Um, and so I go, so I, so I was talking to him on the phone. And I said, so you, you kind of are an A-list talent. I was being snobby about it. I go, so it sounds like <laughs> you're an A-list, you're an A-list talent. He goes, yeah, you could say that. And I, and I really didn't know how much it was. But here's the funny part. His birthday. I found this out almost a year, about eight, 10 months later. I know that his birthday is the feast day of St. Anthony Mary Claret. Oh, mm. that's awesome. Praise God. Love and it. And I freaked Love out. It. We both we both had that, are you kidding me, freaked out look on her face. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I have, I don't know, I have like a unique personality, and Joseph has the ability to do uh, really top level, uh, Hollywood level. I mean, he worked on... He interviewed. He did all the a lot of the interviews for Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. He worked for Disney. I mean, he's he's got the he's got the the chops. He's got the chops, and he's got the context. Like this last interview we did with Mike Sosha, he had two guys from Disney help us out because everybody's on furlough right now. So we got some really we got some really talented guys doing sound and camera Neat. and stuff. So I see a so, common connection, Mike Sweeney. Uh, I was very involved with the Champions of Faith project, which, of course, is sort of like Major League meets Rocky Balboa. Mikey Sweeney was yeah. one of the maybe seven or eight superstars, Donnelly, Sweeney, yep. Supan, Leland, etc. I wrote the inner sleeve and did the marketing for that project. So a, a good good member here on your board with Kerry Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. Impressive. Yes. Yeah, we um, – if I could say that our goal is to – to increase the standard of uh, of Christian, Catholic, and media and evangelization at a Hollywood level, and I use that on purpose yep. because I don't want 
I want to use talented people for the kingdom and, mm -hmm. and, and to pay the, pay a fair wage, but also to, you know, uh, to, to really do top, top quality stuff. Mm -hmm. um, That's what we need. I mean, That's what we need. And so Chuck and Carrie and myself, I mean, Chuck and Carrie, you know, we're already consider ourselves the four amigos and, uh, and our person, it's like funny when we get together, all four of us, we, it's like, our, we're all like, we're all, we're all synchronized. There's, there's a synergy synchronicity that's really off the charts amazing. I mean, I really, we're all on the same page. Uh, I, I think there's, I, I honestly, there might be a few things that we're not, but I don't even know what those are, but there might be something mm -hmm. down the road, but um, we, they really want to entertain and evangelize using a Christian message, and we really want to do the same thing. And uh, having a Catholic priest um, uh, be the, the – I really didn't like – I don't like the idea of promoting myself. We, we actually want to promote artists and Catholic evangelists and Catholic missionary, media missionaries, so like the Gregs and so forth who really want to – to at a high level uh, be speakers or movie directors mm -hmm. or book writers or art, physical artists or illustrations, you know, whatever it might be. We really want to be a, a standard in it's different than, than when you have with formed and other, because those guys are really catechetical. And mm -hmm. Those guys are mm -hmm. super smart. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not an academic. Yeah. Uh, I, I can hold my own, but I, you know, to be honest with you, to go into the Scott Hahn realm, those guys are so brilliant. Yeah. I can't. So why would I enter a realm that I can't be good at? Mm. But I can be. I, but I can be creative. I can come up with a creative story and make a, an incredible idea come to mm -hmm. life. I could do that. Yep. I, which will use. Which you will see in this book. Awesome. Um, Let me and, pause here for a second, just for our, our listening audience, folks. We're told the four transcendentals. So these, along with the virtues, are the attributes of God, but the good beautiful, true, and one, all attributes that are woven into our yes. humanity. But in this in this culture, many have written this. I'm going to summarize what an insight of effective evangelization over the last 30, 40, 50 years, and maybe even from the beginning of time. The, the, the door that typically opens a heart and mind to God, it can be true. It was more in the philosophical days when we had a more academic society and culture, and that is very important. But for most of the world today, it is the beauty. It's through the door of beauty, through the door of, a, of that encounter, the enrapturing encounter of God. And that is typically through great art. It's through music. It's through movies. It's through a story. You know, Spielberg said that the world's not made up of atoms. It's made up of stories. And I'm just affirming here, Father, that I think a, a lost uh, passion a lost art and craft is the ability to connect through beauty, excellent beauty, uh, with hearts yes. and minds that open up the door. Of right. course, you had Tolkien, right? The whole cosmology yes. was very Catholic. You have C.S. Lewis. All these stories. I mean, I encourage any of you who are listening out there, um, set aside the phone. Just start there. Follow Father Darren. Set aside those things that may be robbing us of that creative energy, that impulse of the divine, that participation in God. Set aside, see what happens if you set aside your phone in the discretionary time on a weekend maybe and uh, ask God to put creative ideas or thoughts. I think we're missing out in this culture of of those, uh, that the genius, the creative genius that should be forming and shaping us. So I just had to throw that out there because it seems like that's exactly what you're about. Yeah, you know, uh, and I be honest with you, I, I just, I, I actually asked the Lord, I said, just give me a taste of your imagination. Mm. Just give me a taste of it. Because I know if he can come up with this world, if I had a taste of that, it would be very, very uh, Book of Revelation-esque. Mm. Um, and so uh, 
I would say that, and in, in, in one of our fellow friends, uh, Greg and I knew in, in, in Steubenville, uh, was Celeste, then Gregory, but now mm-hmm. Fortenberry, her husband's a congressman now for Nebraska. Yep. And, and I asked her, I said, okay, uh, I asked her through a text, I said, uh, would you say that my book is St. Augustine's Confessions meets Dante's uh, Divine Comedy? Because she brought up the, the, the imagery of, Divi- of the Divine Comedy in her blurb, and I go, uh, and I said, would that be a fair assessment of my book? And she said, absolutely. Hmm. And I said, okay, that makes sense then. Cause it is a spiritual autobiography. It's my experiences. You're, you're kind of like, but you're also like, it's kind of like watching Dante go through the, the, the different levels of mm-hmm. uh, you know, hell, purgatory and heaven. And so, and, but the, the thing was when I, when I wrote the book, it was, but the, the exp- I had no intention of writing a book when I went to the retreat. I just wanted to figure out what God's will was for me mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And because I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting that you're going to send me the right people to be, to work with me. So he sent me Jason, who designed my book. He's also part of the artwork. Jason mm-hmm. is uh, Hollywood level. He did, a, he did the, the artwork for Unplanned. He did the artwork for some movie called The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. Mm, yeah, I haven't heard, heard of it. it. <laughs> yeah, another one called Chronicles of Mar- Narnia 300. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are small uh, budgeted films that nobody's ever heard of. But um, <laughs> I worked so, on both but, of those, by the way, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so J- Jason, without a doubt, is literally the Michelangelo of web design and graphic design and just creativity, and you can't duplicate him. Mm-hmm. And when you, it's like duplicating Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. You can't duplicate these guys, Michael Jordan. They're, they're just one of a kind, and that's exactly what Jason is. And so Jason, he says, Look, I'll design your book for you. And I, I said, well, I want you to do some artwork for it. So he does. He's got a unique style, um, uh, and you'll see it in the book. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's kind of cool. Uh, so um, so the Lord brought me Jason. And my, my buddy Roger is my copywriter. You'll see him on my website. Guy is brilliant mm. copywriter. Probably the best copywriter out there. Uh, and he can edit faster than you can spit. I mean, this guy can edit stuff and make it sound far superior than what you wrote. I can tell you how many uh, things he's done for my parish, for this website that he just, wow. he, I, I write something up and I go, wait, did I even write that? Because he's so good at taking my idea and just, in, 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 like, he's the only, he's the only novelist and author I've ever met in my life that can actually be the only person who can edit his own material. Mm-hmm. Nobody can edit his, I've never seen anything like it. No one does that. Mm-hmm. He's the, so that's how good. So I have this incredible copywriter. I have this incredible graphic designer. I got Joseph who knows what he's doing. And we got Chuck and Carrie as our as as our go-to guys for stuff to to, to run stuff by. Uh, to be honest with you, we got a we're really we're we're setting ourselves up for a, a unique opportunity to bring really high-level evangelization, uh, storytelling uh, at a at a great level. I mean, just I mean, look at Lord of the Rings; it's an amazing gospel story. Yeah, uh, and and. Yes, Tolkien sir. wouldn't oh, like oh. to hear that, but he, he, it is the cosmology of what we were yeah. made by God's design and our participation in it. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Kind of coming through a back door. <clears throat> hey, yes. just, just a quick break. Folks, we're sure. attuned to Ignite Radio Live. Greg and Stephanie, very delighted to have Father Darren Merlino with us. You can find out uh, 
everything about his awesome mission and ministry at catholicmediamissionaries.com. We're talking about his new book, 30 Days Unplugged, which is a chronicle, a personal chronicle as he compares to kind of an Augustine confessions of his own journey of unplugging from an iPhone. And if you check out the reviews, they're all 100%. It's pretty rare. Now, the book is new. There are only eight, so go and get it. Make sure you give them a five-star rating. But so far, all of them, all eight ratings are five stars, which is impressive. One of them says a perfect 10. And I just want to pull, Father Darren, just one uh, quote from one of your reviewers here and just get your thoughts on it. So, yeah. All right. So uh, let's see who the reviewer is. Uh, John Pearson. All right. John Pearson says, and wow, God has gifted Father Merlino with a vivid imagination. He invites us to scamper along his rabbit trails and sidebars, including George McFly in Back to the Future, the divine experience of an eight-man rowing crew team, parentheses reminds him of the book The Boys in the Boat, which is a great book, by the way. Then at Dodgers Stadium, he's blasting home runs during BP. And get this, under Michelangelo's tutelage, quote, God chisels me fatter and bald to show me the true image of how he sees me now. Love it. Your thoughts? Uh, John actually wrote one of the blurbs. His son is the one who designed the book, and he's probably one of the best reviewers I've ever seen any, anywhere. Um, those were amazing experiences in my book. That that Dodger Stadium BP experience, when you read it, uh, still to this day when I see that picture and I think about that experience, it brings incredible joy. The, the, the consolation of that meditation is life-altering. Uh, the, the, the boat one where I've, you know, experiencing perfection, mm-hmm. uh, cause I've, you know, when you, when you row, you are perfect for 2000 meters yeah. you're not per- for, for six minutes. You've got to be perfect for six minutes to win a race. And if you're not, you lose period end of story. And, and you know, when you have ADHD and so like myself, it was really hard. That's of course one time I raced and it was my fault. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> I need to punctuate something here for our listeners. When I was living with Father Benedict Grishel, I was traveling all over and you know, he knew I might have had a vocation to the priesthood and I was at Steubenville and he called it Gregory. If you're going to discern your vocation, you got to leave it all behind. And that's why I gave the van away and the clothes and everything and went to live with him. But in our walks, I was very blessed to be under his guidance. He conveyed the absolute importance of imagination, how important it is to have and make opportunities that foster imagination. I just ask all of us to, to consider the question, what do you do in your life every day, if not every week, that fosters imagination that invites you right. to really think and create because that's that's the heart of a god the trinitarian god right mm-hmm. the ruah hovering across the water yeah. we are close to god in that creative space hey darren with a, father darren uh with a little time that we have left um what are some prominent points that you would leave us with following this experience and we do hope to have you back again but what what are some prominent things that you need to punctuate from this experience i would say the the, the, the silence is the key uh, of turning off everything. Even if, you, even if you read this book at home and you have absolutely this anyway, you have to be quiet. Uh, I'm an extrovert. I love uh, I love to talk, but that quietness is absolutely necessary. And the the truth of who what God's will is for you is in your passion and desires. Of what God wants you to mm-hmm. do, uh, you you have to follow that. You always say follow your passion. Absolutely true. Totally believe that. Um, and even if it becomes a hobby. I mean, you might be in a job right now where you have to do it for your living, but you have to have a hobby. Uh, the other thing, too, is um, the, 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 the understanding that God 
actually truly thousand percent truly loves you. Mm. I cannot emphasize awesome. that enough. I, I, I really didn't expect that. I mean, I knew it, but I, when I experienced it, in my and, and there's some meditations in there that will bring you to tears, brought me to tears. I mean, really tears. There's one that just I don't want to tell anybody because I want them to get the book, but mm. there's one that just absolutely brought me to tears, and I did not see that coming. And I was really surprised that God can speak to me that way. That he had, that he really wanted to work through my imagination and my creativity. Uh, and we're all creative. Um, I've seen people who were shy as heck take improvisational comedy classes and be the funniest person in the room. Mm. And so, uh, do things like that. I would say that these experiences uh, and allowing the good, bad, and the ugly of your life is how God has worked in your life. Mm. Uh, he's taken whatever bad's happened to you. He'll make good come out of it. Uh, it did, he did with me. I mean, I trust in his divine providence far more, way more than I used to before. And hence, you look at my, you look at my website, you look at the guys I'm working with. Those were, there's not because of my natural ability. I just knew somebody who knew somebody, and then that's how I know, I know these people. And so, uh, and these were all brought to me by God. I did not know who these people were until they were brought to me. So, allow the Holy Spirit to really guide you. And that's what I did. And, that, mm -hmm. and I can see with my my 30 day retreat, that was just, I went to every. I just, I can't even explain to you the levels of the depths of my, I, I still to this day speak to Jesus all over, the, all, all the time. Like, okay, what's going to happen here? What are you going to do here? I really need your help there. And I just, it's like practicing the, the presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Mm -hmm. book. And I just, and I think that once you get in that habit, you see, you see, the, you see Jesus working in your life in every minute detail. Way better after this experience. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Folks, Thank we're with you. Father Darren Merlino, his brand new book, 30 Days Unplugged, How a Catholic Priest Turned Off His iPhone and Took a Call from God. I encourage you all to get it. You can find it, of course, on Amazon. Even if you just do the quick search, 30 Days Unplugged, you will find the book. It'll take you right there. And uh, I want to direct you also to his mission website, Catholic Media Missionaries. Dot com. So blessed to have you uh, on the program with us tonight, Father Darren, and just know of our thoughts and prayers, and uh, just so blessed to be kindred with you in the mission fields at this time in history. <laughs> now, thanks so much for being with us, Father. We we'll look forward to the next time we get to interview you. God bless. Okay.